Welcome, everyone, to a wistful episode of Maybe Next Year, uh, the only podcast that just uh, disappeared for a month there. Sorry about that. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. And as I let listeners on Twitter know, and people who don't listen but for some reason follow our tweet feed, um, we recorded maybe the best podcast we've ever recorded in our life. We set together a special time and everything. We did it at like 930 in the morning to make sure everyone could do it. And um, definitely the Skype did not record the whole thing. And for a variety of reasons, we won't get into. The point is we had about 10 minutes of recording out of our 45 minute podcast. Um, And I think we just sort of like some of the feels were just like it was time to it was just time to leave. Pack it in. We don't need to know what's going on. Let's go do something else. And we all did something else for a month because we really needed it both uh, professionally as podcasters because we make so much money from this <laughs> and personally as human beings. Um, so we apologize that you did not get um, our full take on 13 seconds and all of this stuff. We will we will touch on it on this podcast, I'm sure. Um, but today's show is going to be a little more freeform. It is definitely going to be a little more um kind of just going with the flow for a little while uh and not no real set agenda other than we will get to a this day or, or a um one day in bill's headlines as we'll call it this week. One, one day in bill's headlines um and uh and and we'll touch on the football game and some of the offseason stuff going forward and i think since i'm i'm the host i this is the job now right there's no agenda i'm i'm the fearless leader yeah Here we go. I, I, I left you, you did not don't don't apologize you're gonna you're gonna want to apologize for not writing writing one don't do it paul you, okay. you we are, we're just stepping in here it's all right that's what i'm here for um so the bills lose in the divisional round to the kansas city chiefs in overtime uh by a score i can't fully remember it was 40 something to 30 something and um you know largely the story is the bills uh put on an all-time offensive performance really throughout the playoffs i forget josh allen's uh playoff stat line but it was ungodly it was unheard of levels of production uh in a way that um you know truly truly is like already historic feat no matter how what what else shook out uh but they lose the game with a with 13 seconds left to go they give up a, a a tying field goal which sort of absolutely um robs them of mo- momentum and, and, and whatever, and, and they never get the ball back in overtime, which led to many, many questions about uh, overtime and what we should or shouldn't be doing with it, and led to a very deep discussion on this podcast about, you know, what is players' failure, what is coaching failure, how much of this is credit for the Chiefs, and how much of this is blame for the Bills. Since then, uh, we've lost uh, an assistant, we've lost a head, uh, an offensive coordinator, Brian Dable, now the head coach of the Giants, uh, embroiled in a bit of a scandal. Uh, not exactly, but, you know, a- adjacent to Brian Flores not being allowed to be a head coach, it sounds like. I don't know. Um, Leslie Frazier, I don't know. Many interviews didn't get a job. Doesn't look like he's going to get one. Looks like he'll be back. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think his job prospects may have been hurt by a 13-second span of time. It well, might have been. Playoff defensive performances in history. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh I but you know, I it's also he's had the number 1 defense overall, but we sh- we should t- touch on that too. Um and we also have uh you know, um, more assistance assist- left, more assistance came. Uh, assistant teams GM's gone. gone. Yeah. Right. 
special teams coordinator is gone. Potentially there was drama inside of one Bill's yeah. drive with, with some of these people. So I'm going to turn it to Paul. Paul, why don't you get us started uh, with anything Bill's related that's happened between the end of the Chiefs game and now that you'd like you think we should we should go with. I feel so less stressed when I don't have to follow along to the agenda mm-hmm. that, that's, yeah. that's outlined usually. So I think to to start, I think because we're trying to look forward as much as we're looking back. Um, I will note, you know, the the coordinators. We, this is going to be a big year of change compared to the last couple of years. Last year, last off season, retained the entirety of the coaching staff. Retained, I believe, every starter on on offense mm-hmm. and defense, if I recall correctly. Uh, retained some depth guys, you know, drafted some almost every rush. starter. Yeah, yeah, I, think yeah, so. I can't think if I missed any. John Brown, John oh, Brown, John Brown. And, that's right. Yeah, and I think there's one other, but yeah, I mean, you know, ninety something percent of starters, right? Right. So this is not going to be that off season that we've already seen it on the coaching staff. Brian Dable is is Frank mentioned with the Giants now. Uh, I am blanking on the special teams coordinator's name, Heath Farrell, maybe mm-hmm. Perry Farrell. He might be in Jane's addiction, <laughs> but either way and porno for pyros that, yep. you know, I think those are the, the, the Heath Farwell, that's it. Heath Farwell, that fallout from that is a result of, I think what happened at the end of the game, uh, with the, what was supposed to be a squib kick. If you look at some of the all 22 footage, it was posted in Saran Neal, and yeah. I forgot Taiwan Jones for putting their arms in the air after the kick went in the end zone, like WTF, you know, what, what was that all about? Uh, and so he's gone. So there's going to be a lot of changes. There have been a lot of changes in the coaching staff and they're going to be under new leadership in two areas with offense and special teams, two areas, which have been very good. I do think Leslie Frazier cost himself, you know, a job with how that last 13 seconds left, which is Frank noted with him having a number one defense and a high ranking defense for so many years is patently unfair but also reality, you know, that's just the way it goes. If you're, if you are in a situation where your offense scores, but you had three with 13 seconds to go in a game and you can't hold it, you know, that probably kept him out of the job. And what's going to be interesting to see is how is that going to affect the bills defense going forward? Because yes, it's a 13 second span of time in one game, but now there's he, the pressure is going to be turned up a little bit on defense. There's going to be people who are going to be talking about this. The media is going to be on them. Fans will be on the defense a little bit more after that letdown. And, you know, there could be long-term repercussions of that. And also it makes you question they they're good at not allowing yards to uh, terrible quarterbacks. They did a great job of that all year, but when push came to shove in a big game, they, they couldn't do what they were supposed to do. So that's going to be an issue. And then the last thing I'm sure we'll circle back. So I'll just comment on one more thing right now, but you look ahead to this, the off season of changes, I'll call it. They're going to be losing players this year. You know, Levi Walls yeah. is entering free agency. Harrison Phillips is entering free agency. Uh, Ryan Bates, uh, Isaiah McKenzie. They're going to have big contracts with Cole Beasley and Mitch Morse and Star Lele. Do these guys get restructured? Do these guys get cut? Do you saddle on with the, the salary cap as it is now? You're drafting again in the low 20s in the drafts. So you're probably not getting an immediate step in superstar guy. And you also have to hope that you're, Defensive ends, of whom really Rousseau has only developed kind of at the pace you would want. Um, you know, what are they going to do? So I think this is this is going to be 
if, for those of you who have long-term memory like I do, between 92 and 93, people didn't think the Bills were going back to the Super Bowl after three years of going there because of all the offseason change. They lost Ted Marshall Broder to the Colts uh, as the offensive coordinator went to be a head coach there. They lost several key offensive and defensive starters. James Lofton was was among them. Mm-hmm. So and Will Wolford was another one. So mm-hmm. they did get back, though, and I'm confident that this team can get back, but there's going to be some changes uh there's the 2022 bills will look a lot different than the 2021 bills. Scott, um, any thoughts? Yeah, go for it. Any thoughts on what Paul yeah. said or bring up so, your own I mean, stuff I think, there? I mean, I think, yeah, I, I think I want to pick up on some of the threads that, that Paul kind of tied together. I think, I think I will say this. So for those who, who, I mean, I don't want to go into an extensive recap of what we talked about on the podcast, the, right. the lost podcast. That no one listened yes. can hear, right? <laughs> that, that can, that, because it cannot be listened. It cannot be recovered. However, right. I think this is going to be something that we are going to come back to over the course of the offseason yes. and really through the whole season is Frank and Frank's <laughs> idea that functionally. I own it. And this is this, and this is it. This is it's a legitimate debate. I'm not going to say it's not a legitimate debate. I, I will you. not demean that. Frank is wrong, but that doesn't mean it's not legitimate. And with where you're going, Scott, I have uh, eight bullet points I've outlined later. If we really want to attack Frank <laughs> on this, that I have them all typed out and ready to go. But I'm Jesus, comfortable. I'm we'll, I'm we'll comfortable with you guys saying I'm wrong. I I appreciate that you're not calling me insane. Okay. I'll I will I will set it up. We'll allow Frank to retort, and then okay. come back around, and we'll see where we go from there. For, for folks who have not been paying attention or have not obviously been in our group chat, which is which is where it had played out throughout the entire Bengals game, or at least the, some of the <laughs> I, I was sending my final messages, by the way, at church in the pew <laughs> while that was All going right, on. Let, let him, let him okay, here we go. Here we go. Okay, Frank on. thinks that the only reason the Bills lost the game was because of a, of a coin toss and because the Chiefs are very good at football. And therefore, and that is an important point because and this the a very similar discussion we had last year of if if your assumption is is that the bills were basically good enough to win the game then the logical conclusion that you should draw should be we don't need to make major changes because it was just a coin flip it could have gone another way and therefore we, we were right with it and your chances of screwing things up are greater than the chance of making it. if on the other hand um you thought that the Bills could have done things better in that game to, if the Bills had played better on defense specifically, to stop the Chiefs at any point, really in the second half, especially in the last 13 seconds or in overtime, that therefore you should draw conclusions based on that. And the fact, so for those who want to hear the rest of the story, Frank was very insistent the Chiefs were going on to win the Super Bowl. Um, Frank and Paul and Scott were all kind of chuckling that Frank seemed to be right in the first half of the Bengals game. And Paul became quite chuckly after that. Frank was less chuckly after that and still <laughs> retains to this day that the Chiefs, that, that of course led to the Twitter poll, for those of you who saw, where Frank, we, we decided, you know, whether, whether it was... Where we that established that democracy is terribly is, overrated. Is, is not a great form of government, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly, because too many of you idiots out there thought that the Bengals <laughs> did nothing to win that game sir, in the second half. Sir, don't don't impugn the good people in these fair <laughs> elections, okay? And then and then kind of leading to even another kind of set of group chats in the Super Bowl, uh, in the post Super Bowl kind of thing of of well, were those really the two best teams? 
did they, you know, is that, was that a fair representation? Would the Chiefs, the Bills have beaten the, like an undercurrent of like, well, those two teams were amateur hour um, from a bit of Frank. And I'm, and I, we ne- I didn't get to my full feelings on this in the group chat, but basically my kind of thought was like, who the fuck cares? They won the goddamn Super Bowl. Like, what, like, yes. what, like we're not like, this isn't the Premier League where you end the season with the best record <laughs> and you win. Like, if 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 we were playing for the president's trophy, then we would have lost that, too. We would have lost it to frickin' Tampa Bay or Green Bay or whoever ended up with 13 wins this year. But we didn't we didn't win the most games and we didn't win um, the you know, if, if we were playing for like who ends the year with the most amount of um, with the number one defense, then sure. Yeah, great. We, we won that title, but nobody cares about that. We didn't win the games that we were supposed to win. And mm-hmm. therefore, that leads to conclusions that can be drawn. So that 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 catches people up on what's going to happen and play out over the next, you know, 45 minutes or yes, (laughs) four months. Let's be honest. Like, (laughs) I think you're 100 percent right. Like this offense or sorry, offense, this offseason is 100 percent divined by the final 13 seconds of this Chiefs game. I think that my feel taking what you said in reverse order, I think that the important point of um, Rams Bengals Super Bowl is that neither the Bills nor the Chiefs should have any incentive, or really like other teams, have any incentives to somehow mimic what those teams built. Because I don't think that's sustainable. I think they got in because a couple of teams had really bad days. And so they got there and they won, and we do not take that away from them on any stretch. But if you look at those and say, do I really want to build my team like the Bengals? Like with a super porous offensive line that gives up, you know, nine to 15,000 sacks a game or the Rams who the moment they lose uh, Beckham Jr., they go stale until the very end of the game when Cooper Cup sort of pulls out a, you know, a, uh, a miraculous wide receiver sort of performance. I don't I don't think that that's how you want to build the build the team. I think that it's demonstrative that every team has flaws. And those flaws managed to carry the day versus other people's flaws. I think that going back the next step, I, I will go to my grave saying that if the Bills win the Chiefs game, they win the Super Bowl. I really believe that. I think they had the best team in football last year. I really do. I don't. I, I'm sorry that that's offensive to people for me to believe. Uh, you will not be canceling me or my culture. I am sorry. Um, but I think that the reason the Bengals win the, the football game against the Chiefs is is Patrick Mahomes, uh, as is backed up by Vox Populi and the and the and the Twitter poll that we did. And, you know, a handful of articles where people looked at his performance. He was throwing the ball behind people. He was he was like launching stuff into double coverage. OK. And like I get it. Yes, like one more pass defended by the Bills or whatever, and it would have been a different result. I get it. I'm not saying that they had a good defensive game. I'm saying that the the team that beat the Chiefs wasn't the Bengals. The Chiefs beat the Chiefs, okay? And if the Chiefs played like that against the Bills, it wouldn't have been close. And so, I don't know. I, I, I'm comfortable believing that and saying that. And I think that, the, you know, we forget that, the defense for all their struggles in the second half, you know, they hold the chiefs to a field goal earlier in the second half when there's this series of like multiple punt attempts and, you know, they end up with the ball deep in bills territory and that ends up in three points. 
Like that's a defensive victory that keeps them in the game and gets them into position to win it at 13 seconds. So if anything, this to me is, you know, a spe- you know, I'm sort of glad the special team it, it's that, you know, Farwell is gone. I feel like that really is a special teams failure. You know, if you're going in and, and, and thinking you need one thing and all of a sudden you have to do this other thing, you know, that plays on teams and it was a coin toss. You'll never you'll never tell me that the Chiefs were going to be able to stop the Bills in that game if they win the coin toss. And it was just, you know, some of my gripe was that, you know, if the 13 seconds go differently, we're not talking about how poorly the defense plays. We're talking about how great the offensive performance was. And, you know, the Chiefs are suddenly talking about how bad the defense was and not how great the offense was. And and they basically played the same game until the very end, until there was a coin flip and only one of them got the football. Um, so this is good. We'll continue. I think to circle this fully back around to Paul, it doesn't much matter what I think, because this is a financial situation where things are going to change that, you know, I was happy two years ago or last year to, to really sort of settle in and say this was mostly the right team. It needs some some window dressing. I think I was right in that. I think it didn't work out, but I think that they did the right things. And that happens in sports. That's why they play football games. And I think this year it doesn't much matter whether it's the right thing or the wrong thing. The bills are going to have to change because they simply can't afford everybody. Um, and they're going to need, you know, some guys are leaving anyway. I mean, Jerry Hughes wasn't going to come back anyway. Um, and, uh, and, and they're going to have to restructure some deals. So we'll have to see what they're doing there. Um, I hope I've, you know, fairly laid out my position. So you, there we go. Yes, you absolutely have. And I will say, Frank, it was a joy to listen to you because now I can use the eight bullet points that I had laid out. <laughs> like, I did not want to read nearly as many Bengals beat reporters as I read uh, to compile things, but but I have. So I will. I want to bookend this you by know, agreeing. I'm sorry, the biased Cincinnati Bengals beat reporters? Absolutely. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> well, here, we'll, I'm going to start and finish my points uh, by agreeing with Frank. So that way, the whole lump in the middle where I'm I'm disagreeing with him. Just with trashing me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Frank, no, like if the last 13 seconds played differently, this is probably not even a discussion. And I think he's absolutely right about that. I, sure. I think if if that if if the Bills win that game, our post game pot after that is phew, they, that was a, one of the greatest games I've ever seen. Uh, can't wait for the host in the AFC championship game. How exciting boy, the defense really needs to clean some of that stuff up though, because and the, quite some questionable special teams decisions happen there too. Uh, but they've survived for another day. Frank is 100% right on this. Uh, where I would, I disagree. I think there is this, this misconception that plays out often when you see a team not playing as well, like you did with the chiefs offense against another team and think, wow, they're just really having an off day. Did some of that play into effect? Sure. But there's a few things that that show that the Bengals were doing things. Um, so the Chiefs offense uh, was held to three points in the second half. Uh, any no one know the last time the Chiefs offense was held to three points in the second half? You don't even have to answer that. It was four weeks before when the Bengals did it, when the Bengals were down 14 at halftime and then came back and won the AFC North, just like they came back from an 18-point deficit and won the conference championship. They held them scoreless on six consecutive possessions. And this was not chance. They, they've done this twice in a five-week span. The defense, uh, they were talking to the defensive coordinator. He made a big adjustment at the half where they went with 
three man rushes and dropped eight into coverage. And they had one of them posting up as a spy. So Mahomes couldn't scramble like he did against the bills for 70 yards. They dropped eight into coverage on 35% of the pass plays, which is a, a season high. And Mahomes completed 50 less than or 50% of his passes for 59 yards and a pick. Um, they recorded all four of their sacks, the Bengals on three man rushes. So that three man rush thing was still effective and all four came the fourth quarter and two of them came in the biggest crunch scenario that it could be, which is second and to go second and goal and third and goal to win the AFC title. They sacked them on two consecutive plays. So yeah, the bills did a good job after the big punt return of shutting them down. But that was also not part of it was what they did. Part of it was also Andy Reid having Travis Kelsey have the ball on third and one as a quarterback, mm-hmm. uh, which was insane. Um, yes, that's fair. Yeah. The, the Bengals held the Chiefs to 2.42 yards per play, which was the lowest in the Mahomes era. And one of the big things to me was the missed tackle stats. In the first half, the Bengals missed five, uh, five tackles. In the second half, uh, they missed one. They missed Nicole Hardman. One ended up being a five-yard uh, screen pass. There was a, a good article in The Athletic about how they were jamming the receivers. Um, you know, those are some of the things that the Bengals did, which forced the Chiefs into mistakes and where they outperformed uh, the, the Bills defense that we saw. So I, I do want to say that, uh, to me, there's some things that the Bills need to learn to do differently on defense, both tactically and with personnel, because I don't know if the Bills can sack a guy four times with a three-man rush with the defensive line they have. They'd really just have Ed Oliver mm-hmm. who can do that. Um, so those are the major points of disagreement. Then I'll finish with my, uh, talk by agreeing with Frank again, when he was talking about the Super Bowl not being between, you know, not being the best game or not, certainly not, doesn't seem to be between the two best teams. I would also rather build like the bills have build built and have that team than I would, uh, <laughs> Bengals. Now we can make a point that the teams didn't play their two best games. Well, you know, we have recency bias with the bills because they played so well, uh, in the playoffs and toward the end of the regular season. If they'd offensive played like they did against the Jaguars or the defense had played yeah. how they did against the Chiefs, you know, the Bills would have lost the Super Bowl to whomever they played, the Rams, the possibly Packers. Possibly the Jaguars. Yeah, yeah, possibly the Jaguars. Um, hmm. So you never know how you're going to show up in the Super Bowl. It was disappointing. I think the Super Bowl, it's also, that's a hard act to follow. I mean, it was still, what, a one-score game, I think, it ended up being. It was a two-score mm-hmm. game. I can't remember. But the division, yeah, one score. So the divisional round was off the hook with, you know, uh, an overtime game and three field games that end on a field goal. The conference titles, one goes into overtime, one's end, I, I think, near the last player with under a minute to go uh, when, when the Rams scored. And then the Super Bowl, you know, yeah, it was, was one score. Cooper Cup comes down, just does some great things, makes it exciting to watch. But looking at neither team, did I think the Bills could not beat those teams. I agree with Frank that the Bills could beat them. Um, but they'd have to bring their A game. And as you know about Jerry Hughes and other guys, they're going to have to do it with some some new personnel next year. So, yeah, what happened in those last 13 seconds of the Chiefs game is going to largely shape where this offseason is going. But I think they're in good shape. Um, I can confirm we've recorded all of this so far. So, oh, Scott, thank God. If, you'd like to, if you'd like to wrap us up, um, maybe we should move on to some of the offseason stuff if you have any final thoughts. I, I will, I will, I will, um, I will say a couple things. Um, one, so getting to the, to the Super Bowl bit, and do you build your team like these? I think I would say there's a good argument that having really, really, really good players on your defense is a good thing. Um, <laughs> I would Tell that to the Buffalo Sabers, damn it! Sorry. I'm <laughs> talking. I would say that the Bills certainly do have some really, really good players in their secondary. 
but you were allowed to have those in the front seven as well. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure that we have any of those. And okay. yeah, like I got it. Aaron Donald's only one guy. You're not going to get, it's impossible for you to always have Aaron Donald, but like the Bengals, you know, TJ reader, you know, Trey Hendrickson, like they're guys, you know, Sam Hubbard, like these are guys who had seven and a half kind of, um, reader didn't have reader has more pressures. Um, you know, Hubbard has seven and a half sacks. Hendrickson has 14 sacks. Like getting that kind of pressure, those are things that you can can do. Second thing on 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 things that I would say about that is, and you know, the Rams went out, got Von Miller. You know, they yeah. got. You know, that that's a thing that they did, and that that is some of what you learn is not necessarily build your team like this, but what did what did those teams do to win? Is they they were aggressive when they thought they had a good chance, and you know, we we remembered last remember last year talking about did we go hard enough at jj watt and i'm not sure that jj watt was going to be the answer to this but i and maybe we went as hard for him maybe we we're never going to get him but mm-hmm. you kind of have to start mortgaging your future a little bit in these scenarios to try and cash in and get something now otherwise you're kind of going to be on knocking on the door of history the second thing i'll say mm-hmm. and this is um we're approaching hot take territory so just be warned all right i'm getting i'm queuing this up for yeah. uh, who's bad take for a few yeah. getting my uh getting yeah. my um suntan lotion on right now yes, I'm, here we go. I'm concerned that our defense like we've been saying is is a paper tiger and has some good players in the secondary and has a lot of decent to average good players that has feasted as paul said on inferior quarterbacks i do not believe that our defense is flexible in understanding how to attack offenses in different ways and make the kind of tactical changes throughout the course of the game that we saw the Bengals do and that we've seen other teams do um, and that we are too reliant on kind of the game plan that's coming in and that we aren't able to kind of adjust things on the fly and game plan week to week and that we just kind of play our defense and hope it's enough and if it's not working we don't really seem to be able to kind of fix it and go on. Um, I'll not say I'll tell done the research on this which leads to a hot take um, but I still feel like this is my truth and I will speak it. This is a podcast. Mm-hmm. I think we should fire Leslie Fraser. Oh, wow. I think, you know, I, I go ahead. I, I understand that I'm calling for the firing of the defensive coordinator on, yes, the number one statistical defense in the league. But functionally, um, the defense has never performed. We have not drafted players successfully enough, really, other than Ed Oliver um, as, as kind of, the the one guy, um, you know, sure, Trey White, you know, the, the very first year um, kind of coming in. Edmonds has underperformed, um, you know, give, I, I will not say, Rousseau, okay. Too early to tell? Too early yeah. to tell. Okay. Too early to tell, but Basham and Epinesa, on the other hand. Yeah. 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 Harrison Phillips, maybe on the border, had a good contract year, but two years, you know, but was, you know, almost out of the, you know, he's almost cut coming into the offseason. Yeah. So, you know, and, you know, again, tactically game to game against a against a bad team. Keep them in front of you. Make them make mistakes. That's all well and good. But against these good teams, you have to change things up. You have to put them under pressure. You have to figure out some way to do it, whether it's, you know, what the Rams were doing. Uh, I think it was the yeah, it was what the Rams were doing in the second half of the Super Bowl against the Bengals. The overload defense. You put all of your defensive linemen on one side, and then you try and run stunts and games and blitzes, and you still get to keep guys in coverage, but you're throwing off these offensive, the, the poor Bengals offensive line to get more pressure on them. And I don't yeah. know that I've seen the Bills make those kind of adjustments. And like, and so partly because of the personnel, part of it because the tactics and strategy. Like, 
McDermott, you know, I don't, part of me doesn't know how much of the defense is, is McDermott versus Frazier. Um, but I feel like obviously McDermott has a role on the team. He sets the culture. Um, he's, he's obviously kind of steered the bills good in terms of building a positive mental attitude towards things dealt with Beasley and all these kind of issues that could have built the team apart. I think that works for the most part, but Frazier's job is to run the defense well. And I don't think he runs defense particularly well. And if you want to talk about a major change into the off season, that could help. I would be okay with that. I, I am I'm fine with that. I okay. This is a good topic. I like this because yeah. I uh, I had wondered. I had wondered in my own mind as I watched Dable get hired and Frazier not. I'd wondered if the Bills were sort of hoping that Frazier would get hired. You know, that as a head coach, and they would it would spare them this question of having. Like mm-hmm. I think they had probably yeah. been planning it, uh, yeah. planning to move forward with it. And now I'm wondering if they felt a little stuck. I think that that's a that's a great. That's a and that is a way to change the defense without having to affect the salary cap at all. You you get mm-hmm. the difference defensive coordinator. You pay him what you want to pay him. It doesn't it doesn't change anything. You can use as many of the pieces that you have. And, and you're what that means is you're hopeful that these pieces that you have can be used in a different way. Um, that's good. You know, I wanted I was thinking about von miller and i jj watt I, I feel like we were in on both of those guys I, so I, I the nice thing is you know and they traded a first round pick for stefan Diggs. so i think the good news is that you don't have to sit here and wonder if they'll do something aggressive i think if they see something that they want that is better than what they have they've shown they'll go for it so you know yeah, I'm, we don't I'm have pretty... Robert Foster and Zay Jones lining up uh, for Allen no. anymore. Yeah. No, and I and I I'm, would imagine that extends to the coaching tree as well. That if they felt like we can get more out of these guys by running a different type of defense, then we need to do that. And that is something that I'm, you know, one of the things that gets lost in this Chiefs game is how much more aggressive Sean McDermott was this time around. Like he didn't, he didn't wait. Right. He wasn't trying to hold on against the Chiefs. He went in there and like punch for punch was fighting with the Chiefs. And, you know, that's something I can respect because I really felt like that was an attitude change going forward. And it was a necessary one and one that really underscores he understands what he has in Josh Allen. Um, You know, and I think if you have (laughs) Josh Allen, you have a little more room to play with other parts of the roster, including the defense, because I think you can I think you've got the guy. So I think you can hope that, you know, he might bail you out of some growing pains with a more aggressive type defense. Right. So let's say you have a more aggressive defense that gives up some plays here and there against. But, you know, he can he can he can step up and and with with the offense and bail you out. That's an intriguing thought, Scott. I wonder if they have the stones to do it, because I think it's a hard thing to move on from him. You don't think so? I don't think I think it's I I don't I think it's different with the coaches for one. Um, and mm-hmm. I also think it's a little bit different on the defense for one, because I think McDermott has attachment to how his defense runs, the type of, again, the type of people, the men that he feels like he is in charge of, what he owes them. Um, I feel like I, 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 I don't, uh, short of him having, of Frazier having the 32nd rank defense, um, I don't, I don't see that that would happen. So, okay. I, you yeah. know, I will say briefly before, and then Paul speak after this, you had said that, you know, the 13 seconds might've cost or probably cost Frazier a job. I think one of the other things to note is the margin is a lot thinner for defensive coaches. Anyway, if you look at the hires from this year, they're almost all offensive coordinators other than one or two, and there's still job openings, 
but um, I've noticed that the, because the, the league is trending more offensively, and I've spoken to some other people about this who, who are reporters more so than us, uh, and they sort of think that that's a thing, that like the league is trending towards hiring offensive-minded coaches as opposed to um, defensive-minded coaches. So that might be working against him as well, as opposed to just you know a really poor showing um, in one game in the, on the defense. But, um, yeah, it's really possible. Anyway, I can't think yeah, of a lot of defensive guys who are hired. Uh, this, I, of course I didn't track every single one that every, single I had been, hired. I sat down and did it and I don't have it anymore, but I think out of like, was there six or seven hires this year Two, mo all one or two were defensive coordinators. The rest were all offensive. Yeah. And I think you can, I really like Scott's point here about Frazier as well. And even we'll take, I'm going to play extreme devil's advocate for Scott and, and say with the positives, yeah, Ed Oliver is great, but could he have developed faster than three years? Because yeah. he went from, he was not really an impact player his first two seasons. He'd make some plays now and then, but he wasn't consistent. It took him his third year until he finally uh, made some even, decisions. Even now, he's like a big game guy, but I don't feel like he brings it every game. I right. feel like when he gets hyped up. We had conversations game. on this podcast last year about, okay, well, are we going to have to move on from Oliver? Which is sort of, yeah. you know, that's not a great endorsement for, certainly not the endorsement of a game. That's kind of what this team is missing, right? They don't have a game-changing defensive player. Right, there's no Aaron Donald. Yeah. Right. Or even... Uh, I don't know what's slightly less than an Aaron Donald, but still really good. Uh, Von but. Miller. Pick someone on the Rams defense and we find one of those guys. They uh, don't have a guy. They don't have a guy, right? They don't. I think maybe they have. And I'm sorry, I'm, I'm talking again. I know oh, this no, is a good discussion. But, I, you know, I know that they, they really went for this you know, waves upon waves of fresh defensive ends. But mm -hmm. I think that Scott's right that like the waves upon waves of free defensive ends were really good at sort of like doing a maintaining a level of pressure, but not really like creating like a sort of like urgent amount of pressure. And I wonder if they just thought, well, this is the best we're going to be able to manage without a guy like, you know, this was like the, this was the backup option. Maybe the first option would have been, we get a guy like J.J. Watt. He disrupts the game. That's super helpful. And, okay, none of these guys are going to be able to do that. We can't really get that guy. So maybe the next best thing is to have constantly fresh legs and, you know, we'll wear down offenses that way. And, you know. I hope that I hope, I hope, I hope they're, that, they're that clever, but I, I do not. I mean, I think that's been McDermott and, and Bean's strategy all along is that they're always interested in more guys. And, like, like quantity, like – that's the thing, like, um, you know, sometimes the sum of the parts is greater than the whole, and sometimes it's not. And in this case, like, you know, having a bunch of, um, you know, B, B minus rushers out there, um, that doesn't scare anybody. And getting, yeah, I understand, like, pressures are good, and sacks are a, um, what's the word? Or the non-diagnostic, non right? They're, they're right. They, they, they come and they don't come. I get that to a certain extent, but sacks are very important. Like you can, yeah. there, there are guys who are better at getting sacks and getting those, getting those pieces in there. And you have to, you have to be able to get there. And it's just, um, when you pressure Mahomes, the, 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 you, you've gained really nothing because he can just move. Um, when you sack Mahomes, that's when you gain it. And they were able to right. sack him in the second half of the Bengals game. And that's 
we have to be able to figure out how to do that. And even if it's going off the script of the game and, and adjusting to it, I just I haven't seen us do that enough. And it seems like we're just kind of it's frustrating. frustrating. Well, pressuring Mahomes is different, right? Because like they're you're right. Absolutely. Because he's like Allen in that way and that they, they just sort mm-hmm. of move. But there's a difference between the guy comes from the edge around the tackle and Mahomes steps up or steps to the side and all and all of a sudden within a second after the snap, the middle of the line is collapsed like that's different. And even if Mahomes can get the ball away or get it away, that's just a different type of pressure that create, you know, forces him to make decisions faster than he wants to, as opposed to, um, you know, being able to to use that time and energy to, to, to get creative. And so I think that that that's the thing the Bills have never had. They've never had a they haven't had a guy that just sort of dis, can disrupt a play fully. And, you know, that's sort of. You know, I don't know. Maybe they need to send like maybe they need a linebacker that can that can it's, do that, right? Like it's maybe it's like go ahead. You, have, you have to take yeah, exactly. Or it's a linebacker, or it's or it's um, you know, it's what whoever it is that's out there. And that's the thing that I looked at the free agent list, and we'll get to that. Obviously, we're, I don't know if we'll get to it all of this podcast, but you know, there's yeah. some of us talk about it in the off season. There aren't that I, I get it. There aren't that so many aren't that many A plus pass rushers out there, but there are guys like Arden Key who are like third down pass rush specialist that can do just that one thing. And it's like, if you need to go and spend a second round pick next year to overspend on that one guy, you got to do it sometimes. And we're at that point yep. where we got to be doing that stuff. And because the window is going to start closing. I know we got Allen for a while, but that paycheck's going to start catching up to us. So, I mean, I think the Lions felt that way about Matt Stafford, right? Like, I mean, they never got it together, and it turns out Matt Stafford is capable of winning a Super Bowl. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think these are all very fair questions, and, and not to bring a baseball back into it, but Paul and I can attest that it's, you know, the, the 2019 Nationals traded away some assets to get the last couple of guys, and they, they certainly looked like the last team that was going to win the, the World Series when they did, you know? I feel like this stings less now that the, the, the Braves have also won the World Series. <laughs> so allowed, right. We can talk about this openly on the podcast yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. We, we could um, not. Right. Um, but you, you absolutely, you know, at some point, or like you're the Eagles. And I remember before the Chiefs game, there was some one of these knuckleheads, like the 20-something, the guys who are like interns, but then they get to fill in for hosts like in the morning and the overnight. And they were like, well, I don't know if I'd want to win just one like the Eagles. I feel like this is a good enough team to win multiple. And I'm like, you tempt fate, fate tempting motherfuckers. You, you don't, you just haven't lived long enough to understand that. Like nothing is promised. And so stop, stop, stop with your nonsense. You have to get the out that you have to get the out that's in front of you. That's the most important out. You got to win this game. You got to go in this Super Bowl because if you don't, you have no fucking clue what's happening next year. So um, with that, Let's let's just touch on the offseason because we have uh, a this day and those headlines. I, I lost my at, point on this, by the way. I did not get to chime oh, in. So I will just to hell with you. Sorry, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> that was your turn to talk. And we yeah, definitely it was you, sir. I can make it very quick, though, because I took notes do. and I'm in agreement with, uh, with all of you. Uh, Scott brought up, maybe, or maybe it was you, Frank, brought up. Maybe we need better linebackers. The ironic thing is they're paying two linebackers eight figures next year. And yeah. the third linebacker is A.J. Klein, who's making so much this year, he's almost certain to be cut. And he's not even on the field anyway, because you've signed a nickelback to the second highest paid nickelback contract in the NFL a few months ago. 
So that yeah. as much as you'd like that to be a fix, it won't. When we talked about changing the defensive scheme of the game, we saw this a little bit in the Chiefs game. Snap counts for Epinesa and Basham, 19 each. Uh, and then next up is Rousseau with uh, 36. And then Mario Addison, team's leader in sacks, also 36. And Jerry Hughes, 44. So they gave up on the rotation a little bit that game. And Ed Oliver yeah. had 57% of the snaps, a defensive tackle. And Harrison Phillips, 59. Star Ludalele, it was well under 50. So it was Ob- Obada. So they were they tried to change, but it was almost too late um yeah in that regard and then to scott's overall point about the you know why firing leslie frazier if you look at their schedule last year whenever they played good uh quarterbacks they gave up yards they often lost those even the chiefs game the first one where we thought oh they did well they still gave up 392 yards in a game that wasn't decided till the last six minutes so it's not like there was garbage yeah. time game uh the bucks game was costly so, you know, all this goes to... I want to look... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Finish say, no, next year they're yeah. facing some quarterbacks, right? We've got Stafford yeah. next year. We've got Mahomes. We've got... Uh, I mean, the, the schedule is lining up to look much more difficult when recognizing that the offseason is still to happen. Um, they're going to face good quarterbacks all year. Zach Wilson might develop. Mac Jones might develop. These guys could be much better than they, they were last year. So mm-hmm. uh, that's an issue. And then... Uh, the last thing I will mention, and then uh, I, I promised I'd keep it short. Um, Scott had brought up Allen's contract. And yeah, I think the offense is fine. We haven't talked about the offense at all because I think we're all confident <laughs> that next great. year, right, that window's not closed. That window's open next year and probably into, you know, 2024, no matter what, unless you lose everyone on offense until 2025 now when Allen's contract is going to make it more prohibitive to have top line talent around him. Um, and then one player run offense, we have not talked about at all, which we should have, uh, the AFC divisional round who had hundred percent of the snaps, Devin Singletary. So yeah. I think the bills have made up their mind that they can go forward with him. I think they'll still look for someone good on as a running back in the draft in the second through fourth round, but it was nice to see that he separated himself enough so that they weren't rotating him and Moss and Brita. And that's all. You know, maybe, Just wanted to add those comments to you guys. Thought. Those are great points. And maybe what some of the defensive line needs is the Devin Singletary treatment where they just sort of get more snaps. Maybe there's a guy. Maybe Rousseau mm-hmm. just needs more time on the field. Some guys and, are like that. Yeah. And especially he, a he, younger guy like Rousseau. It's not like saying, no, yeah. we want Jerry Hughes on the field all these snaps. Well, he's 72 years old. You can't have him on there all those snaps. Rousseau's, right. you know, he's young and fit. Get him I out remember, there. I remember Mario Williams would complain that he didn't like the rotations because he would he would he would view himself as setting up offensive linemen over the course of a game so that when you knew that you needed that move, you knew that you could go to it and have the better chance of getting that sack in that critical moment. And when you're rotating those guys in and out, you're providing different reps and feels for those offensive linemen, which, you know, for some offensive linemen might be too much. But for an NFL offensive lineman, you're seeing new guys every week like you 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 are going to be able to they, you have some advantage doing the same thing every play and the other guy is that one out of rhythm so Mario Williams for all his faults was pretty good at that so you know yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> his first three I, I years think, in Buffalo were actually great we forget about no, how he Rex was, Ryan yes, he was career. yes um he was a disruptive presence on the defensive line um yeah. okay so yeah we had not talked about the offense or Devin Singletary. I think that, and you know what? We're at 43 minutes. I think we've had a very good podcast. I don't think we should get into the off season too much other than to really note 
that it'll be an interesting offseason because they are up against the cap. Depending on who you read, they are either like a couple hundred thousand dollars over the cap or just under it or somewhere in there. Um, and, you know, by the time you sign some rookies and change some things around, which is going to have to happen, um, people are going to be missing. Um, there's going to be some I would imagine some people get restructured. I'm looking at Stefan Diggs, 17 million dollars this year and thinking they're going to extend and restructure his deal. I would have to think that's like top of the list for them to do. Um, and uh, also, like some of these guys that you would think like, OK, we'll cut them. Like you're not going to save as much money as you think. You never save as much money as you think you will. So we'll have to kind of see what they do. I know that Bean is creative. He's he's done some very good things um, with the team it, for for all their faults with with constructing some of the defensive and some of their misses. You know they they're he's he has found talent and put together a team that was pretty freaking good. My right, last none of thought, us are looking to go back to 2016. Let's no 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 right out. <laughs> Also, like with Paul, one of the things we should track, Paul, we should look into how much good defenses do feast on bad offenses, because I think there's a natural there's a natural understanding that like, okay, of course, like, sure, they had a struggle against good offenses, but everybody struggles against good offenses. So what's really kind of the difference? And, And and we should look into that a little because, you know, I think that that's that can be one of those weird uh, touchstone things that doesn't, that doesn't, uh, doesn't, what am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say is it doesn't necessarily indicate what we think it indicates, but I'm not here to tell you you're wrong or right. I just know that like, okay, well, yeah, everybody should struggle more against good offenses. So maybe we should look into that. But for now, if that's okay, if it's okay with you gentlemen, I think we should, we should, we should not punt here, but we, we should, um, we should kick the field for another day. Kick the field goal. Right. Kick the field goal. Let's do let's do one day in Bill's history. <laughs> and then we'll and then we'll we'll get out of here and we'll we can talk about losing Brian Dable. Maybe we'll have a Leslie Frazier firing to talk about. We can talk a bit about the draft. You know, we can yep, get the draft, the cap, free agency will be coming up. Next podcast will we have we can talk about all of these things. That's what. Yes, exactly. So uh, it is called one day in Bill's history. O-D-I-B-H for one day only. (laughs) Because because Paul prepared this a month ago and Paul is the kind of guy who would redo it. And I'm really proud of you, Paul, for not redoing (laughs) it. I I have to say, like, I know a bit about how you you structure your your day and your things. And I and I we all have the sense that it's hard for you to let things go sometimes here and there. And so I'm really thrilled that like this is one. This is very good progress for you as a human to be like, you know what? It's okay to do one day in Bill's history as opposed to this. Don't don't think I'm not going to bring this up to my psychiatrist. I'm going to note this because he said these exact same things to me uh, that we're dealing now. That I, I well, playing. you tell him we. I, I at least gave you a gold star on this. This was a, this Thank is you. this is great progress for you, sir. Pass that along to Doctor Adu at MedStar Health. All right, <laughs> okay. so onward we go to uh, one day in Bill's history. We've just never, or we can all pretend it's January 28th when this was recorded for. So forget get in your frame of what you think about the bills. I'm in. fine going back in time. Yeah. I, I promise you, I don't prepare for this any differently. Regardless, of mm-hmm. what I also haven't is. looked at this in like three and a half weeks. So I'm curious as to why I, I might not know some of these answers. All right. So we're going to go back to January 28th of 2021. Brandon Bean says bills want blank back, but there are tough moves ahead. 
Blank is a very good player. What a great job he's done since he came here to improve from 2017 to now. Being said during the season-ending press conference, you know, his biggest thing is just being able to play 16 games. That'll be the first thing he'll tell you is he's had some nicks here and there. So it's just finding the balance. But, you know, we'd love to get Blank back. And, what year uh, was this? 2021. I'll give the hint. Okay. That they, they, we didn't think they'd get him back, but they got him back. Uh, Milano? At Milano. Good job, At Scott. At Milano. All right. 2020, actor Blank wears Buffalo Bills hoodie on cover of Parade magazine. Blank, hmm. 66, is a lifelong Bills fan as he grew up in the city of Hornell, which is in Steuben County. So recognizing there are several actors in this world, and this could take a while, I will just start naming films from, I think, least obvious to most obvious. And when one of you wants to jump in with this actor, you may. All right, here we go. Newsies. The Accidental... Hawk. No, yeah. but The Accidental Tourist. While You Were Sleeping. Casper, Independence Day, Lost Highway, Lake Placid. Bill Pullman? Bill Pullman. The last hey. one was going to be Spaceballs, but Scott got in before I got, got to Spaceballs. So good job, Scott. Yeah, Scott knows know. his filmographies. There um, you go. 2018, Senior Bowl. Why blank is an ideal fit for Sean McDermott, Buffalo Bills. It's six foot three inches tall and 303 pounds. Blank plays a brawling style on the interior of the defensive line. He hardly came off the field for the Cardinal and racked up 103 tackles this season from a position not known for that type of production. Oh, and blank is an ex wrestler. So Stanford. Yep. Did he end up a bill? He ended up a bill. Interior is. 2018 is that no ed oliver was in texas yeah, he was, so he was, he was, harrison right. phillips was harrison phillips yeah there you harrison go phillips. yeah yeah so yeah, horrible good. harry yep so they had their eye on him there for once a report actually was right about who the bills would draft in a middle <laughs> round all right 2014 new bills defensive coordinator blank to employ an attack scheme Whatever everybody wants to tag the system as far as a name, it won't be us. We're just going to try to do whatever we can every week to do the best to have the game to. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes no sense. I think the similarities you'll see is it will be as aggressive as it can be and try to be as physical as we can be. And it will be an attack style. Rex Bills, Ryan. No, he was he was never our defensive coordinator, I don't think. Oh, sorry. Uh, I thought you said Jim yeah. Schwartz. Jim Schwartz. Very good. May the Schwartz be with us uh, in a, another Speaking Bill Pullman reference. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> definitely did not have an attacking defense. But okay, <laughs> <laughs> no. he, he he had one. He actually the Schwartz defense was pretty the good. Defense, the defense was good, but I don't, yeah, I don't I was describe it as attacking. It was not yeah. a blitz crazy Rex Ryan defense. It was four four down that's pressure. True. To be fair, they had like Denora Searcy blitzing, and that's about it. You, you need better personnel than that to blitz. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, two thousand and six. Bills will replace Blank as QB's coach. The Bills have let go Blank after he served as the team's QB coach in 2004 and 2005. Head coach Dick Duran is still assembling the staff. Sources tell us the Bills are likely to obtain at least three offensive assistants. Um, He was quarterback from 1968 to 1976 for the Bengals, Detroit, the St. Louis Cardinals, and Buffalo during his career, although he never played any games for the Bills as he was cut. Um, He was head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals from 1984 to 1991, leading the Bengals to Super Bowl 23, beating the Bills in the AFC. Sam, Sam Weish. Sam Weish, very good. There you go. All right. 
2000. Now, this is a tougher one, but I've, I've got hints, I think, if we need it. Um, QB coach blank in line to head up Jets offense. Uh, talk more about good news for Buffalo. First, the Jets coaches have their squabbles and Bel- Bill Belichick is out now. Wow, this is an old headline. Um, oh and now gosh. the Jets are talking about blanking. You know, the former Bills offensive coordinator is a new Jets offensive coordinator. Um, so this was a bad offensive coordinator. He served as head coach of the Falcons from 83 to 86 and the Chargers from 90 to 91. Came to the Bills as offensive coordinator in 1997. And after Hall of Fame coach Marv Lee retired, reportedly partially due to his reluctance to fire this guy, blank left Buffalo. Um, let's see. Well, yeah, the Wildcat. He came back with the Dolphins in 2008. He did the Wildcat with them. That was somewhat oh. successful. Who was the Wildcat coach? Uh, um... Here's my hint. Well, he was a bad offensive coordinator for Buffalo. He was a good offensive coordinator at all, going to three Super Bowls and winning two with Washington as their offensive coordinator. In the 80s, of mm. course. But since he lost one of these Super Bowls when he was offensive coordinator for Carolina, I guess we can't call him Mr. Perfect. Kurt Henning. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, the so I know the wrestler reference. Yeah. Kurt Shackelford. <laughs> Kurt. Is it the Henning or the it's Kurt? It's the Henning. Part? The Henning. Can oh, you get Mark Henning? Dan Henning. Dan Henning. Okay. No. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, this will be another tougher one, but we have hints. Uh, X Bill Blank dies of cancer. One of team's most productive wide receivers succumbs at age 45. So rest mm. in peace to this guy. Uh, we also lost Sam Weish in 2020. Um, Blank, one of the greatest wide receivers in Buffalo Bills history, died Friday of lung cancer. He was 45. Blank, a seventh round choice of the Bills in 1971, played seven seasons and concluded his pro career with the Los Angeles Raiders after the 82 season. Uh, Blank was a member of the 1973 Bills team that was featured by running back O.J. Simpson's 2003 season. He and Simpson were also teammates at USC in 1968. Um, yeah. Blank was one of the first to visit Simpson on June 13, 1994, hours after Simpson's former wife uh, and friend were found dead. Uh, he was the first to visit Simpson in jail. Um it says by the time he was traded to the Raiders after the 79 season, he was two catches short of overtaking Albert Dubenian in career receptions. Yeah, and I'm not going to get his name. All right, oh. I'll, give, I'll give a hint. He's, uh, think of a, a good Bills tight end with this last name. As good of a tight end as the Bills could get, that is. Bills never have good tight ends, is the point. Yeah. So, Reamers, Mar, and Metzlars don't really have like no, a lot of... More recent yeah. than those guys. Clay. Knox. Not Knox, little not as recent as Knox. So you're between you've narrowed this down to between Knox and. So Reamers. Scott said Clay. Scott said yeah. Clay. A little before Clay. In fact, the guy before Clay. Uh, Eric Chandler? Fine. Chandler. There we go. Chandler. That would have been Scott Chandler. This is Bob Chandler we're talking about. Bob Chandler. Oh, well, rest in peace, Bob. All right. Uh, these are all Super Bowl era ones coming up now, so this is exciting. Uh, okay. da- damage at Blank's shop is an ugly sign of the time times texan finds irony in facing cowboys blank has a message for all those dallas fans in his native texas back off please man i don't know why but some people tried to trash my shop blank said relating an incident during which some people attempted to destroy a sign outside an automotive shop he owns with his brothers in dallas uh please don't destroy my shop he said blank a bills running back said one or more persons attempted to push down a sign that says bills super bowl 1993 
Hmm. So, okay. running back from 93, who was a Dallas native and had a shop in Dallas, uh, an auto shop. It's not Thurman Thomas. Thurman. It's, um, uh, oh, Kenneth Davis was Kenneth before Davis. this. No, you got him. Oh, you got okay. Me. I thought he was there before this. Okay. Yes, Kenneth Davis. All right. All right. Um, this one I'm going to shorten up because this is way damn too long. Uh, you know what? I'm going to skip this all together. Screw that headline. All right. We're going to go right. to the final one. Look it was Chuck, Chuck Dickerson was the answer. It was a long right. story. Interesting, but it's like it will take me five minutes to read this shit, and I'm not going to read it. All right. 1991. Uh, Giants control clock and bills to win title. It was the drive that failed. Scott Norwood missed a 47-yard field goal with four mm. seconds left in the game Sunday, leaving the Bills 2019 losers to the New York Giants in Super Bowl 25. Norwood got no hook into his ill-fated kick. The veteran kicker watched as the ball sailed toward the west end zone stands and dropped his head as it stayed uh, by less than two feet. So it notes. So we're going to talk about the Bills' final drive. Buffalo got the ball back for one last stab with 2.16 left after Hostetler's run on the quarterback draw of the shotgun was stopped two yards over first down on third and three at the Bills' 49. The Bills used their final timeout to stop the clock with 48 seconds left after Kelly ran eight yards for first down at the New York 46. Uh, do, do, do. Then they got lucky when the clock was stopped with 29 seconds left. So video replay official Mark Burns could review an incredible six-yard pass reception by tight end blank who snared the ball as it descended past the tops of his toes. The play was upheld. Nope, not Pete. We had another tight end. Oh, uh, Jamie Mueller? No, he was a fullback, but he... Fullback. I will say that a lot of people think the name of the Bills' offense in this era was named after Jim Kelly, but it was not. Oh, it was not. It was named after um, Keith McKellar. Keith McKellar is correct. So good job. We ended well. I skipped one of the better ones, but it was just going to, I, my voice is tired. So uh, <laughs> hope everyone enjoyed it. Uh, that was one day in Bill's headlines for January 28th. Well done. Well Thank done. Thank you. Well done, guys. <laughs> Very good. Scott, Scott well, started off uh, leading the charge there, and then Frank came in and finished it off. So, Well, it's getting late, and it's February, and... Uh, football is over. We're at the nadir of football, really, at this point in the year. So uh, we're all getting tired and our voices hurt. So we're going to we're going to take a step back. We will be back, um, you know, whoop, give us a couple weeks. We'll see what's going on. Uh, we'll let some Bill's news happen before we talk again. Um, and then we'll we'll do that as we, as we do in the off season. And we really thank you for listening this season. It was a lot of fun. Um, certainly the most entertaining football season we've been a part of uh, have been the last two years really, uh, and this year, maybe more so than the year before. Um, but we really appreciate it. We hope you're doing, everyone's doing well. Stay safe and stay healthy. And uh, we'll be back to talk more Bills football soon. Until then, my name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. Good night, everybody.